What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another segment of Meninge Trois. I'm your hostess, Keeks, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast. How y'all doing? Hope everything has been going great. Hope everyone has been having a great day, a great week, a great month. Here we are in the month of March. I feel like I haven't had that. Well, maybe I did. I can't remember. Um, but what's up with y'all? You know, we back at it with another episode. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my very special guest, Nature Valley. Hey, guys. And, you know, we back at it with another episode for the Father Culture series. So I'm going to go ahead and get straight to it. But before I do that, let me go ahead with my announcements and get those out of the way. So, first and foremost, make sure you guys uh, follow my love, Nature Valley. You guys can follow her podcast at I Just Want to Fucking Know. And again, her podcast is available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and Castbox. And you guys, make sure you follow her Twitter podcast account at IJWTFK. Again, that is at IJWTFK. Make sure y'all follow my love. Secondly, make sure you guys listen to my to our most recent episode. I just dropped it earlier today. And in that episode, we were talking about interracial relationships. So make sure y'all check that out. Again, it's available on all uh, podcast streaming services, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and CastBox. Thirdly, make sure y'all check out my podcast team at SFA Charlotte. That is S.F.A. Charlotte. And again, you guys can find our podcast available on Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and CastBox. We also just dropped a new episode today talking about making women, making women, making women herstory. Not history, women herstory. So make sure y'all check that out. Then finally, make sure you guys follow my social media accounts at Meningetois. Again, you guys can find and follow me at Meningetois on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Woo! <laughs> now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the subject of the day. So today, you guys, we're going to be talking about, or I guess in a sense, and talking about consciousness. Defining consciousness and talking about what it means to be conscious and to be woke. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's something that a lot of people say, but it's also something that a lot of black people say. So we're going to uh, talk about that a little bit and just give you all a few definitions and um, talk about how it applies to black culture and um, what it does mean to be conscious and to be woke. So the core questions we have for this episode, we don't have that many, um, but the first question we have is what does it mean to be conscious? The second question is, uh, or just talking about the various contexts in which consciousness can apply and be used for. Thirdly, does consciousness calls us to acknowledge 
and know who we are. And finally, does the concept of consciousness liberate us or does it constrain us? I really like that last question. So, uh, yeah, those are pretty much all the core questions we have for you guys. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it. So first question, what does it mean to be conscious? Basically defining the terminology and breaking down what it means. So as always, I have a few definitions for you guys. Our first definition, of course, comes from Google because it's easy to pull up a Google search, (laughs) Google definition. Um, So according to Google consciousness, they gave a few definitions. So I'm going to go ahead and read them all. They define consciousness as the state of being awake and aware of one's surroundings. The awareness or perception of something by a person. And finally, the fact of awareness by the mind of itself in the world. I really like their definition, um, especially the last one, because I feel like that one uh, speaks most Mm -hmm. to how consciousness uh relates to black culture but you know we're gonna get more into that uh later on oh excuse me so then oh excuse me so the next definition we have comes from a website by the name of very well mind and they define consciousness as or i pretty much just took a sentence from the article Uh, It says, today, consciousness is often viewed as an individual's awareness of their own internal states, as well as the events going on around them. If you can describe something you are experiencing in words, then it is part of your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I really like their definition because I feel like they they, um, highlight how consciousness isn't just something that you see with your eyes on the outside world. It's also something that's an internal experience as well. And I do feel like consciousness is a combination of, you know, what, of something that's internal and something that's external. So I really like their definition. Um, And I also feel like consciousness, at least from one thing that I thought about from reading this definition is, uh, Consciousness being a projection of your way of mm-hmm. thinking. And I guess in a sense, your cultural lens and just seeing how you in portraying, not portraying, in um, I guess in a sense, verbalizing how you perceive the world. Mm-hmm. And then the next definition I have um, for this one it doesn't really, this isn't a definition of, of consciousness. I mean, it is a definition of an aspect of consciousness, but this is an article I came across that was uh, an ideology that was created by someone by the name of Stephen Biko. And I actually remember reading about him when I was in school, so I'm surprised that I didn't think <laughs> about this. But um, I found this article that published... Um, his book or at least a piece of his book that he wrote and his name is spelled S T E P H E N B I K B I K O. And he's a South African scholar and he published this book and talking about uh, consciousness and black consciousness and pretty much just explaining what that means. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and read this excerpt that I have from the article. 
So they said black consciousness caused people caused black people to do two things. First, it says being black is not a matter of pigmentation. Being black is a reflection of a mental attitude. Secondly, merely by describing yourself as black, you have started on a road towards emancipation. You have committed yourself to fight against all forces that seek to use your blackness as a stamp that marks you out as a subservient being. And then another excerpt I got from the article is, Black consciousness is, in essence, the realization by the black man of the need to rally together with his brothers around the cause of their oppression. The blackness of their skin and to operate as a group in order to rid themselves of the shackles that bind them to perpetual servitude. It seeks to demonstrate the lie that black is an aberration from the normal, which is light, which is white. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> it is a manifestation of a new realization that by seeking to run away from themselves and to emulate the white man, black are insinuate, are insinuate. <laughs> oh, I need to go to bed. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Let's just read that sentence over again. It is a manifestation of a new realization that by seeking to run away from themselves and to emulate the white man, black are insulting the intelligence of whoever created them black. Black consciousness, therefore, takes cognizance of the deliberateness of the God's plan in creating black people black. I have a few, yeah, a few disagreements, not necessarily disagreements, but I guess a few opposing ideas about this. One being that he automatically says that, you know, and being black means that you're on a road towards emancipation and I feel like that automatically means that, you know, to be black means to be enslaved mm -hmm. in a sense. Um, and then next, or I guess my next comment would be how he's saying that black con consciousness calls black men to rally together with or a black man to rally together with his, with his brothers. So I feel like right away that is exclusive to women, mm -hmm. to black women. And I know that this is something that we talked about before, but I feel like this is a, a product of, or a, not a product, this is deliberate exclusion of black mm -hmm. women, especially when it comes to um, the emancipation of black people, because women are not even being included in this. And, you know, Maybe this is how, you know, maybe this is how we get Ankhnevis. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. this is how we get <laughs> because of things like this. Um, what else did he say? Uh, it seeks to demonstrate that why black is every black man comes in touch whoever created the black. Black consciousness therefore takes con I don't know. Um, I guess in a sense it's kind of at least from reading it, I kind of received it as an anger or maybe a resentment that Black people may have towards their creator mm. because he created them Black. And yeah, that's that's what I got from that. So I guess I had discomfort in receiving that too because it's like, 
why I don't know, like almost like black people are upset at their Blackness. creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they are mm-hmm. black and you know it's almost like being upset that I mean I do understand, you know, and being upset and enraged about the things that, you know, are that do operate against us and that do stigmatize our blackness and that, you know, being dehumanized all the time and, you know, just mm-hmm. experiencing all the things we have to experience in being black. Um, but I guess a part of me kind of wonder, like, where's the embrace in that? Not saying you should celebrate your blackness because you have to go through this, but I feel like at some point, mm-hmm. you know, we can, um, I guess in a sense, be proud of that. In a sense, like, I don't want to make it seem like it's okay for us to go through this. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Like, I feel like, (sighs) how can I explain this? Like, I don't know. I guess, like, just celebrating our resilience Mm -hmm. and seeing how people will constantly try to keep us Mm -hmm. down and how we always rise above every time. Mm -hmm. And not just being proud of your blackness because of that, but being proud of your blackness for so many more reasons, you know? Um, And I guess another part that I feel like I'm not getting from his definition is not being proud of being black. Like, I didn't get that at all. I don't know. When I was reading his definition at first, like initially, I, you know, picked up on the same things, but rereading it, like, Just the last statement, he says, black consciousness, therefore, takes cognizance of the deliberateness of the plans or of God's plan in creating black people black. So I feel like in saying that, like, I feel like the point he's trying to make, and I don't know if this is the point that he's actually making, but I feel like the point that he's trying to make is that, like, we were created to be. How do I say it? I don't know if he's, like, not celebrating Blackness. I feel like he's saying, like, you were created Black, so, like, own it and be conscious and aware of this and, like, not necessarily celebrate it, but, like, just be aware of, like, all that it means to be a Black person and knowing that that was kind of destined, which I feel like is problematic anyway, like, destiny and all that stuff, but I don't think he was Mm -hmm. saying it or meant to say it in, like, a uh, non-celebratory way of blackness I don't know and then again you know this is an mm-hmm. excerpt maybe if I read the entire article you know there's more context mm-hmm. to it rather than just taking a piece from it and you know reading just a snippet of it mm-hmm. um, but after reading all these definitions I would say that consciousness overall d- does mean to have a higher sense of awareness about yourself and about who you are um and I also would add that it calls you to have a higher sense of awareness of your environment Mm -hmm. and and of your surroundings and knowing how your environment impacts you as an individual person and knowing how you as an individual person impacts your environment um and I feel like black consciousness definitely falls into that it falls into my definition. Um, but again, I just wanted to like the break it down because I feel like a lot of times people will throw the terminology mm-hmm. around, oh, I'm woke, oh, I'm conscious. And it's like, okay, 
do you know what that means and what does that mean and even in asking a person okay well what does that mean to you and you know not everyone being able to have a very thorough answer Mm -hmm. um so what's your take on that nature yeah I feel like I feel like black I feel like consciousness in general has become more of a trend than an actual thing to like want to aspire to be because like right I wouldn't I would never or I would say right now I'm not woke or whatever or completely woke you know like I know that there are systems in place and all of this stuff but ultimately I can't say personally that I'm woke because I don't know all of the intricacies of every single system that's in place and I don't know exactly how I'm playing into those systems you know what I mean and so it's like a lot of people are just so quick to be like I'm woke I'm this and that and Ankh niggas especially like perfect example of people who think that they're woke like they'll like I was excuse me, saying that yesterday, like, Mm -hmm. they'll go one day and be like, or in one breath be like, oh, yeah, queen, you this and you that, and you're wonderful and all of this. And then in the next breath, be misogynistic. And so, like, how could you be woke, quote unquote, if, like, aside from noticing that you're a Black person and kind of understanding how that, you know, uh, function and functions in society not understand all the other uh what is the word damn um intersectional parts of being a black person exist as well you know and then right along with the first definition or i think it was it was one of these definitions hold on let me see oh i don't remember which one it was but basically there was a part where it said being able to describe what it feels or how it feels to oh, be woke. Yeah. And I personally feel that that is, like, problematic in a way just because, like, just specifically thinking of Black people, right? Like, we were excluded from learning English for so long and, like, learning the American right. way for so long. And so, like, we may have a hard time explaining how it feels to exist as we exist, you know? But I don't think it's any less mm-hmm. valid for us to, like, I don't think it's, I I don't think we're any less conscious because we don't have the words to describe it, you know? So I felt like that definition was a little problematic and I feel like it could be like stretched over some like, like all it reminded me of was like when white people or European, yeah, white people came over to (laughs) like different countries, Africa specifically, like different countries within Africa and were just like, oh, you know what? Like they're not conscious, they're not this and that. So that gives us the right to go in, take all of their shit, rape their women, do this and that because they're not conscious beings. You know what I mean? Mm. Because we didn't have the words like they had the words. I mean, we had our own language and all of this stuff, but it didn't look the same as theirs. So they saw that we weren't conscious, you know? Right. And see, I would even say that consciousness goes beyond a human to human Mm -hmm. interaction. I feel like consciousness also requires you to be um, in tune with nature Mm -hmm. and in tune with the higher power. Like there's just so many areas to be conscious. And I feel like to be woke is to be woke in every Mm -hmm. aspect, you Mm -hmm. know, not just in a human to human interaction, you know, to be conscious of nature Mm -hmm. and conscious within the higher power and things like that. Um, But yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with what you were saying. uh, Cause you know, like you said, we weren't, we weren't um, 
even given the opportunity to learn English and even within that like we had our own language Mm -hmm. but we had to we were forced to learn Mm -hmm. another language just so we can get by and you know I guess in a sense I mean uh move for advance in society there we go yep and then just going on the oh I'm sorry Oh no, you go ahead. You go. Ahead. Oh, um, just like going bouncing off the idea of like what it means to be black and conscious. Like, I feel like like you were saying, a big part of being conscious is like uh, noticing self, but also noticing self in context. And I feel like there's a duality in that. Like, self is one thing, but self in context is another thing. And so, like the first thing or one of the things that came to my mind when I was thinking about it was like. Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois and like a lot of his essays about like this double consciousness you know and (laughs) and for those of you guys who don't know what double consciousness is like essentially it's basically like like I was saying before like being black but also being black in America like and there are a lot of like literary people um, black literary artists who talk about this like uh, Langston Hughes he talks about this, oh, damn, what's the name of that poem? I think, oh, it's called, um, I think it's a poem for English B or something like that. And it basically talks about, y'all should read it. It's so good. Actually, let me see if I can find it. But basically, it's about how, or there's this one part where he's talking about, like, of course, he's black, but also he's a black man in New York City. And what is New York City? Like, at the time, it was predominantly white. You know, it's so it's like being a black man in a white context, you know, and it kind of just hits that on the head. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find it. It's super short. But yeah. And then like you look at artists like Langston Hughes, you look at artists like, oh, excuse me. I don't know if you would call W.E.B. Du Bois an artist, but I would because he's like, you know, a literary, but also like, oh, what is her name? Yes, exactly. Exactly, Zora Neale Hurston. She has this short story about this um, lady who's in a jazz club and she's performing and, you know, she's black and she's like, you know, pouring out her whole heart like on the stage and like jamming and like really feeling it or whatever. And then you have this other scene where there's like white people in that jazz club. And then you realize, like, it's Mm -hmm. two different contexts that exist within the same space, you know? So it's, like, Black people, again, existing in, like, a predominantly white space. Um, And, like, acting as not, like, in their context, they're not performing. Like, it's, it's a part of who they are, the music or whatever. But in the context of, like, the broader context, I would say, or, like, the white context, they are performers, you know? And there's, like, this disconnect. So... Um, I think a part of consciousness, too, or maybe just, like, along with everything me and Keeks were saying is kind of just, like, recognizing that, like, you don't exist outside of your context type of thing. But also Mm. being aware that, like, your context is not the only context that exists and kind of, like, related to those contexts, too. Right. I found the poem. And then it's it's also like people kind of I don't know I guess in a sense like people kind of see you with their own context if mm-hmm. that makes if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I was thinking of a quote. I think it's by Zora Neale Hurston. Maybe it's not. I can't. 
remember exactly how it goes, but I know it goes somewhere along the lines of black people. I think it's black people grow in queer ways or something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Um, I don't. I feel like it is by uh-huh. her though. I was. I can't. I have to uh, look it up and see. I was trying to do a quick search, but <laughs> I'm having to do a little bit, a little bit more digging than I thought. Um. But yes, yes, yes. And I definitely, I do like that uh, Nature Valley brought up W.E. Du Bois' concept of the double consciousness because I feel like, again, that that really gets into consciousness when it comes to Black culture and how, why Black people say things like, why Black people say that they're woke mm-hmm. and being conscious. I think this is what they mean when they say it. Um, just being conscious in a sense that you are aware that you are black, but you are also aware that because you are black, you have to, you know, there, there are that there are many systems in place that um, operate against your blackness. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. What's up, y'all? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to take a minute of your time. Are you based in Charlotte? Are you looking for dessert catering for a party, an event, or even a late night snack? I know I have just what you need. One name at Mo Made It underscore desserts. What better way to satisfy your sweet craving and get lit than with some Hennessy cupcakes? Got a sweet tooth? She has anything and everything you need. Y'all, I'm talking cupcakes, cakes, chocolate-covered strawberries, chocolate-covered pretzels, cake pops, brownies, cupcake jars, you name it, she got it. And she does custom orders, and she's super affordable. I can guarantee your taste buds will be satisfied. Make sure y'all follow my show me on Instagram at MoMadeIt underscore desserts. That is at M-O-M-A-D-E-I-T underscore desserts. Go to her for all of your baked goods needs. Oh, and one more thing. Tell her Keek sent you. So, the next question we have is con- or question, statement. the context in which consciousness can be applied and used. So I know I have a few of them. Uh, the first one is the context so far as black culture, which I know we just talked mm-hmm. about that one, so we don't have to talk about that one again. Um, systemic oppressive systems, which that pretty much, you know, it's talking about all of the oppressive, the systemic oppressive systems that we've talked about over the course of the for the culture series, racism, sexism, mm-hmm. classism, transgender oppression, homophobia, religious oppression, ableism, ageism. Uh, I feel like I may be missing one. Or maybe not. That may be, I think that's all of them. But pretty much those things. And then world order, which I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. that's where you have a lot of the, what people will call conspiracy theory videos mm-hmm. and just being aware of the things that are going on within the world, within not just being 
um, aware of the things that are going on in the news, but the things that go on behind the news, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and things such as uh, media control and how they're controlling the media, how they're controlling the weather and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, which I know not everyone believes that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said what some people call uh, conspiracy theory videos, but really just having a high a heightened sense of awareness about the world that we reside in, the societies that we reside in, and the cultures that we reside in. I feel like that's what consciousness calls us to do and consciousness calls us to be. And those were the contexts that I thought of right away when I thought about ways that consciousness can be applied. You know, it can be applied to your racial culture, mm-hmm. your ethnic culture, your um, societal culture, your... Uh, gender, sexuality, right. sex. right? Mm-hmm. Um, age, political culture. Mm-hmm. Yep, your age culture. Yeah, everything has a culture, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Um, and even just having an awareness of who you are, mm-hmm. and that—that's why I kind of formulated the um the next question just in thinking about this which the next question is does consciousness call us to acknowledge and know who we are or maybe that's not the question I was thinking it's more so <laughs> the la- the final question but and maybe this is a question within the question but like who are we without these things mm. and I feel like that's really important because I do understand, you know, that we are here, you know, we exist as such, you know, and we are dealing with the multitude of principalities and laws and systems and governments that are in place. But at the end of the day, you know, we're only here for a short period of time. So essentially when all these physical parts of us disintegrate, Mm -hmm. who are you? And I know I think about this a lot sometimes because it's like I am proud of who I am being black and being a woman and, you know, in my age and just being proud of who I am in a physical sense. But mm-hmm. for me, I go through this. I've been going I've been having a lot of experiences where it's like I'm trying to find out and figure out who I am without these mm. things like use that as a almost as a. I hate to use this word, but um, almost like as a way to compliment who I am, but not basing who I am off of these Mm. things. And I feel like in society, a lot of times that's how we begin to formulate who we are because we take a look at ourselves and, you know, we start taking on all these ideas and all these different beliefs and philosophies and things like that that tells us who who we are rather than really trying to undress ourselves in the ways that we may look and really ask yourself, who am I without these things? And I wonder too, like if we are anything without our context, like I wonder, like, so, so just to illustrate it, I guess, if you have Mm -hmm. like a marble or something, Mm-hmm. And let's say you put the marble on the table or in a bowl. Let's say you put the marble in a bowl. Mm-hmm. So now the marble exists within the context of the bowl. But like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no. Okay, I got a better example. Okay, scratch the marble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we know an apple to be an apple because of 
like I don't know how would you describe an apple like how do you know that an apple is an apple um well I automatically think of like those little alphabet pictures you'll see in schools where you know they'll be like a is for apple and b is for banana and c is for car like all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like just having that physical representation of what an apple looks like and then always seeing honestly the physical representations that i've been fed have helped me to know and learn what an apple is Mm -hmm. you know I know that an apple is red. I know that an apple is round. I know that an apple can be sweet. I know that an apple can be green and it can be sour. I know that apples grow on trees. I know that apples have seeds. I know that apples make apple juice and really just pretty much what society told me what an apple is has helped me to learn and know what an apple is. Mm-hmm. And so like without knowing like all the stuff that you know like so an apple is red a seed and all of this stuff like would an apple be an apple you know what I mean or would it just be Mm -hmm. like something floating around or on the ground or you know what I mean like something Mm -hmm. that hasn't been perceived yet you know what I mean and I see what you mean right so I wonder if like we are anything without our contexts Hmm. Hmm. like I know I can undress myself and say like I'm not a woman or I'm not um black or whatever the case may be like that the labels and stuff that have come with me existing but I wonder like since it's literally within the fabric of the words that I even speak right if I can exist without my context you know and how can you even describe that? Right. If you can even describe uh-huh. that, because essentially we don't fully know what that is. Mm-hmm. See, man. <laughs> and I feel like the idea of asking people to undress themselves and remove the labels that help them to identify mm-hmm. themselves and really try to ask yourself, okay, but who are you? Mm-hmm. Minus all of that, people are like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm like people freak out like I know even I freak out I'm like oh my god I don't know I don't know I don't know like because it's like you use those mm-hmm. things to help define who you are so when you actually just take them away you'd be like okay but who am I or what am mm-hmm. I you're just like you start freaking out um and I feel like this kind of does go into the third question does consciousness consciousness call us to acknowledge and know who we are I feel like consciousness, mm, I feel like it can call us to acknowledge and know who we are, but I also feel like consciousness can kind of be like this learning experience where you can learn who you, Mm. and know, get to know who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to read this question again to kind of get my thoughts (laughs) back. Um, Because I don't feel like you may fully know who you are, prior to coming conscious like people become conscious or people may have a heightened sense of awareness and it's like this learning process that takes place Mm -hmm. in which you learn more about yourself and you learn more about who you are and it's almost like dating yourself Mm -hmm. you're getting to know yourself in a way that you never got to know yourself before Mm -hmm. um and it's very intimate and very deep and and thought-provoking and like just digging into yourself um 
So I feel like consciousness may help us to get to know who we are. Mm-hmm. And rather than having us come in like, yeah, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm conscious. It's more so one of those things like, okay, I may not fully know who I am. So let me go ahead and do this self-reflection and a little bit of investigating so I can get to know who I am. So then do you think consciousness is wholly learned or is there something like innately within us that's just like revealed through experiences and stuff I feel like there is something that is hmm, I want to say that it's something that is innately within us Mm -hmm. because I do feel like we can still um, become aware of ourselves without all the societal Mm -hmm. labels I feel like the societal labels just, it's like an easy way out. Um, And it just makes it easier to identify yourself. And sometimes it can even be a distraction, you know, because I I honestly, I believe that we are spiritual beings first, then we're, uh, you know, flesh. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like in having so many labels, especially just, just having so many labels and so many ways to box yourself in I feel like that can be restricting in trying to find out who you truly are you Mm -hmm. know because I feel like who you are spiritually can be totally different than who you may be physically Mm um um yeah so I would say the second one because I feel like again you know we learn if 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 it's something that's learned in a sense you know it's kind of like you just become well I don't even want to say you become reliant upon like society telling you because you can learn things in various Mm -hmm. ways rather than you know society telling you to do something or whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah I would definitely say the second definition or the second reason I mean the second yeah (laughs) okay What is your take on that, love? Um, I don't know. Because I remember having a conversation with, I don't know if you met Shayna when we were at Dominican. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. My bad, it's okay. my bad. When we were at school. Um, <laughs> um, but I was basically having a conversation with her um, uh, a few months ago. And she was just like talking about dating or whatever. And she was like, oh, well, I feel like, you know, if I date someone, I feel like they could take parts of me that I don't want them to take or whatever. And I was, mm-hmm. and my question to her was like, okay, well, and I probably thought about it way too deeply because I don't know. But my question was like, okay, well, like, maybe it's your perspective on like how you exist in the world, you know? Like, if you feel mm-hmm. like you are completely whole when you're, I don't know, born or something, I don't know, put on the earth or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if that impacts the way that you think. So basically my point was like, okay, so if you feel like you're completely whole, then how could you feel like someone can take anything away from you? Like, if you're in a relationship and you're, like, experiencing hardships and stuff, I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but if you, like, say you're in, like, a horribly abusive relationship, not even just physically but mentally or whatever, and you feel like this person is, like, draining you. Like, I wonder Mm -hmm. if that experience is something to reveal something about you that you maybe weren't 
able to confront without that experience or mm. if that experience made you to be something. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. And I, I wonder if she was getting at the... Because I know I was watching this video today. I think it was today. It was, yeah, it was late last night, <laughs> so it was earlier today. Um, but it was a video talking about soul ties. Mm-hmm. And I know in the video, um, the young man who was speaking about it, he was saying how soul ties... Like, when you have a soul tie, a person takes a piece or a part of you. So, I wonder if that's what she was referring to. I feel like that was the vibe she was getting getting at. Hmm. Because that is interesting. And it's like, I still want to do more research on soul ties myself. Like, I know I have definitely talked about it in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. um, But I know I do believe in soul ties being real, you know, and just... uh, in a sense of being in sync with the person mm-hmm. um, in every way, like you take on, it's like an exchange almost like it's, it's like plugging, like a plug going into an outlet, mm-hmm. you know, there's this transfusion that takes place, you know, mentally, emotion, like mentally, emotionally, physically, like there's so many parts. There's so many things that are um, transferred at least I believe so when a soul tie has been uh, made. But I, I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like that's what she was getting at. Mm. Um, do you think consciousness calls us to acknowledge who we are and to know who we are? Uh, maybe. I think... Um... I don't know. Maybe. I feel like it does and it doesn't. Like, I feel like, okay, hold on. Let me see the question again. You said, do I think it calls us to know who we are or what else? Uh, Does consciousness call us to acknowledge and know who we are? um, hmm. I think it causes us to know who we are but not necessarily to acknowledge who we are, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, so like my perspective is like, you have like this soul or whatever, and like through different experiences, like different parts of your soul is um, like revealed or whatever. So I feel like you can Mm -hmm. know this, but like acknowledging it through your context is like a completely different thing for me. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and get to the last question. This is my favorite question. Does the concept of consciousness liberate us or constrain us? If it liberates us, how does it do it? And if it restrains us, how does it do it? Hmm. Um, hmm. I feel like it depends on what context you're referring to. Because <laughs> um, when I think of consciousness, I don't know. Like, when I think of, con- if okay, so let's say, for example, if you're thinking of consciousness in a sense of, like, societal labels and things like that, I feel like that can be liberating because it helps you get to know 
a part of you and help you understand like why you may experience some of the discrimination and prejudices that you may experience just because of the way that you look or because of the way that you are, the ways that you behave and things like that. Um, but I also feel like it can be a restraint because I feel like sometimes we may get so wrapped up in the labels that that's how we, that's the only way that we choose to see ourselves. Mm. And I know for me, it's like one of those things where I was saying, like, you know, I feel like we're spiritual beings first and then we're physical. So it's like you can get so wrapped up in these labels. But at the end of the day, when you pair, like when your physical body dies, you know, how can you define yourself Mm -hmm. then? Because it's like now you don't have these labels. These labels don't apply to your spiritual person because your spiritual person doesn't have a body to (coughs) reside in. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess that that's how I would say it can be restraining because, you know, you get so lost. I mean, you get so caught up in the terminology and, and trying to define who you are in a societal sense, but you don't know who you are in a spiritual sense. Hmm. Um, when I think of consciousness in a spiritual sense, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like that also can be both liberating and constraining because I feel like, you know, it's just this constant battle between your spiritual body and your physical body. And I feel like, you know, when you may be choosing to liberate to be choosing (laughs) to liberate. Well, I guess in a sense, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'd be choosing to liberate and um, get to know your spiritual body. It's like your physical body feels like it has to suffer. Mm. And then if you choose to liberate your physical body and um, gain consciousness within your physical body, it's like your spiritual body has to suffer. Mm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's I, I, so I think it's, it's contextual, whether if it's liber if it liberates you or constrains you, but I guess in a sense, well, at least with those two examples, I can see it as being both, liberating and constraining yeah I would definitely agree that it's both I think just in like what we were kind of talking about earlier like I think people get so wrapped up like you were saying in the labels and like knowing things and I say Mm -hmm. knowing like with quotes because it's like I, I don't know but like I think it can restrain us because like if we're so like stuck on like absolutely knowing that something is whatever the hell it is, then like Mm -hmm. it can keep us from other things or from knowing other things. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but like kind of with the like dichotomy you were talking about, like mind versus body, like it would kind of be like a, or you were saying like spirit versus like flesh. So mine would be mm-hmm. like mind versus body. Like, okay, so you know that you exist as something outside or not even outside. You know that you exist within this context, but you also know that you exist within the context of your body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like right. kind of like this, um, I don't know, consistent battle, I guess, like you were saying, of trying to, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Um, And then, yeah, go ahead. I guess, like, just, I feel like our struggle, too, is just trying to find a way to, to know ourselves that is inclusive to every aspect of who we Mm -hmm. are. 
you know, not just our spiritual body, but also our mm-hmm. physical body and liberate ourselves and not just a, a spiritual sense, but also in a physical sense and a mental sense and a, you mm-hmm. know, in every way that we exist. And I feel like that's one of the hardest parts about being human mm-hmm. and trying to go through this, um, this back and forth battle and trying to get to know yourself and know who you are um as a as a what's the word I'm looking for um I guess as a fully functional Mm. being so with being able to do it in a way that's wholesome without feeling like you have to neglect a certain part of Mm -hmm. yourself in order to do that Hmm. oh man that was good I like that one thanks 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 um but yeah, that's pretty much all the questions we got. Did you want to add anything else, Lois? No, I think that's it. Alrighty, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys for tuning in. This actually makes me a little sad because oh. this is the last <laughs> collaboration Nature Valley that I will be doing for the Culture Series. And I just want to thank you again for doing this with me. Man, it's been it's it's been long. It's only been like a month, but oh, it's been so much. (laughs) It's been a long one coming, and I just want to thank you again for collaborating with me and sharing your wisdom and your mind and your intelligence. I really admire your mind, and I admire you as a person. And I knew when I was doing this, I was like. She's the perfect person for this. <laughs> She's perfect for this. You were the first person I thought about. So I just want to thank you mm-hmm. again for doing this with me. It actually does make me a little sad. Yeah, I'm kind of sad about it too. But I have a podcast too, and we can always collab. Yes, make sure y'all follow my love. She has her own podcast at I Just Want to Fucking Know. I love that podcast name. It's just thank so you. raw and just so. <laughs> Oh, it's so dope. But make sure you guys follow her podcast at I Just Want to Fucking Know. You guys can find her podcast available on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on Radio Public, on Stitcher, on Breaker, on Overcast, on Pocket Cast, and on Castbox. Again, mm-hmm. make sure you guys follow my love, Nature Valley's podcast at I Just Want to Fucking Know. And make sure y'all follow her Twitter podcast account at IJWTFK. Again, that is at IJWTFK. Thank you guys for tuning in, coming to get these spiritual vibrations for your mental stimulation. And thank you again, Nature Valley. We definitely going to have to collab. Definitely. Definitely. You know, go ahead, hit me up anytime. You know, <laughs> but again, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been another segment of Meninge Trois. I have been your hostess, Keeks, and y'all have a good night. Night, guys.